Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Destination Draft Day. If you're taking a break from the March Madness for some draft talk, we thank you very much. Hope you're having a good Friday. I'm here with Nick Durst, Michael Rockman, myself. Nick, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, today was official this week. We will not be seeing Drew Brees play again this year and, and, and ever again. It's, it's very upsetting and another one bites the dust here as the legendary quarterbacks. Breeze, I think, is at first in everything except maybe one category. Uh, Brady will have a good chance to pass some of the other things now. Uh, tough to see him go. Uh, the Saints, they should have definitely gotten at least another Super Bowl or two. We know they got screwed a bunch in the, the championship game. Uh, but that's it. I don't, I don't think the Saints are a playoff team next year. I think they're done. I don't think they're going to be able to do with Jameis Winston and you're going to see a lot of quarterback movement next year, and you've already seen a ton of it this year. But I think that I think it's the end. I think the Saints are going to go marching in to the top of the draft next season. I don't think they'll be at the top of the draft, but I do think there will be a bit of fall off. I think Winston has potential to really open up this offense a bit, which can help out for guys like Kamara, guys like you know Michael Thomas, who maybe was given this accredited only running slants, only running drag routes. We're going to see him worked into the deep game. We're going to see some of the other weapons on this team, like Marquez Callaway, really get their chance as deep threats to potentially pop off. And I think that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, Winston is a guy that has plenty of potential, and if it works out, then the Saints could be dangerous. But, again, it's, it's limiting those turnovers and really becoming efficient with his play that's always been the issue. So we'll see if he can do it. Absolutely. Now, the, the- we're talking free agency here, so of course we'll start by talking about the Patriots. And as predicted last week on the show, Kyle Van Noy back to the Patriots. And now, I mean, this this linebacking crew here, Hightower, Judon, Van Noy, Bentley, Winovich, Uche, Jennings, Hall, Bauer, Malua, uh, Pinkini, and I, I think they were talking to uh, – oh, and they got – they got McMillan today. I mean, this is just the Patriots are stacking up here on defense, not to mention that they get two tight ends, uh, including Hunter Henry, who is unbelievable. 
unbelievable talent, underrated. He's going to be a star with the Patriots to go back to the two-time and set. But let's start on the defense first here, Michael, because last year the defense had some issues, but people forget all the opt-outs they had. Chung's going to be there. McCourty, both McCourties are there. So this is going to be a new and improved defense. Maybe not that new and improved, but it's going to be looking much like their Super Bowl years because Van Noy's back. I mean, Pat- Patricia's back. The band is back together. you got to be excited. <laughs> the yeah, I'm definitely excited. Chung did retire, though. He just announced recently. But there are some exciting additions. You know, a guy like Judon probably fits very well into this Patriots system that's going to have him really – doing a multitude of different skills. And as long as he can really limit those penalties that kind of haunted him in Baltimore, that kind of dragged along with his great reputation, then he could be a stud for this defense. And really there's so much talent in this unit. And I think that's the big thing. Bill wanted to invest in this defense, really win games at that, because you saw, you know, even as great as Brady is, and we saw it in Tampa Bay this year, that last year where they won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, Tom Brady, that offense wasn't the huge part of it. It was the defense was able to compete and limit everyone as much as possible. Brady and the offense was able to do enough to also, you know, put them over the top. But that defense was a huge part of their success. Bill seems to be going all in in doing that again, adding guys like Jalen Mills, adding guys like Raekwon McMillan and Matthew Judon, Davon Godshaw, who I think is going to be a great addition. And then, you know, there's also the bringing back of guys like Kyle Van Noy that you know are going to work in the system. And signings like that are absolutely huge. And I think this defense is definitely going to be impressive. Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, so we talked about your team. So let's quickly touch on my team, the Giants, who I don't know. I don't think Dave Gellman has any clue what he's doing, to be honest with you. Uh, he signs uh, Kyle Rudolph, who is – Basically done based on you know what I saw from him last season. Uh, they're not making any improvements really. They they cut uh, Ziegler, uh, who goes he signs right away. Top offense line on the board. Uh, they don't improve the offensive line. They're not involved in trying to get Russell Wilson, who the, Bear, the Bears made an aggressive push for. We can discuss that uh, when we talk about some free agent signings here. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, the NFC East uh, is still weak. We'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about Fitzpatrick in a few minutes. They're going to watch football team, but you know, Dak Prescott gets his extension, so the Cowboys should be favored. Eagles are an absolute mess, but the Giants they didn't they haven't improved at all here. So it's going to be it's going to be very important the way they draft because they did not do well in free agency. Yeah, and there are definitely some. Big free agents still at large, guys like Kenny Galladay, guys like Adoree Jackson that the Giants are rumored to be meeting with. So the offseason isn't over if you're a team that feels, you know, a little heartbroken with this uh, free agency period so far. There's still some hope out there. Uh, Kenny Galladay sounds like it's between the Giants and the Bengals, according to every rumor out there. I don't think that that's necessarily set in stone. I think a team like Kansas City could potentially swoop in and try to make a push for him. Some yeah. other teams out there as well. My problem but, with Galladay is if you think he's coming in to be a wide receiver one, and it's going to be a difference maker. I think you're right. I think so. Yeah, you I think he, I think he's a stud. You think he? I mean, he only played nine games last year. Yeah, the injury uh, history is there, but I I still think he's, he's, he's one of the best. Also, field issues apparently. I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to you know come in and be like this guy who is just going to change the game for the Giants. They had a game-changing wide receiver in, you know, Dell Beckham Jr., and they got rid of him. So 
don't know, injuries you have to worry about. I'm just surprised they're trying to be pursuing a wide receiver so heavily when it's a pretty good wide receiver draft. And got to figure where the Giants are drafting. Like if they wanted to go in the first round of wide receiver, they can get top three wide receiver on the board. Um, but overall, the, the receiving core, you need Slayton to bounce back. You got rid of Tate. Um, and you got Shepard, who's another guy that's always hurt. So definitely got to look to get those depth pieces there, no doubt about it. But, yeah, there are some big names on the board. Uh, I don't know if, we're, you know, we're, we're gonna show, you're going to show a graphic soon about Top Freddy signs, but I want to talk about AJ Green going to the Cardinals. We got to assume, you know, Fitz, Fitzgerald's not going to retire. So you got Fitzgerald, AJ Green, and Hopkins in the room there, along with JJ Watt and Kyler Murray. So there is definitely some major leadership there uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. And you got to watch out for the Cardinals next year. I think they have a great chance to make the playoffs. They almost made it last year. And now considering the fact that the Saints are probably going to take a little bit of a step back at the very least, very good chance to make the playoffs as, as one of the seven teams next year in the NFC. Yeah, there's definitely hope for them. And, you know, it sounds like A.J. Green may have pushed Larry Fitzgerald out a bit to where the Cardinals have kind of let him go. I don't know if he would dress up for another team or if he's just going to retire or what. But there's still, you know, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, there's plenty of weapons there in Arizona, and the Cardinals are going to take advantage of it. You know, looking at the defense, that's where the big question mark comes in. The secondary was absolutely decimated, especially with Patrick Peterson now heading off to Minnesota. The yeah. safety plays good, but the cornerbacks are an issue. And Hassan Reddick is gone now, too, now out in Carolina. Really have to question what presence they're going to have off the edge. I assume Chandler Jones bounces back this year, but there's still going to be questions about who plays that other outside linebacker spot. Definitely some question marks for the Cardinals, but there's a lot to be intrigued about with how much talent they have on the roster. Yeah, I think ultimately Fitzgerald is back. One-year deal, three or four million dollars. I don't know, unless maybe he's like, I'll go to Pittsburgh and play since we know he went to college there, but or he's like, maybe Aaron Rodgers is like, come on, cop here, we need you back. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see what happens. It's interesting, because Larry Fitzgerald has still got a lot left in the tank, despite the fact that he's been around forever. Uh, yeah, I want him to ring chase, that's for sure. You know, go go be the fourth or fifth receiver in Tampa or Green Bay or Kansas City Tampa, or whatever. Fitzgerald, Brown, <laughs> Goffin, Evans, um, that'd be crazy. be stacked. So we're talking about free agents. Let's talk about the biggest signings of new faces in new places, the top moving contracts based on salary paid average per year. Ryan Fitzpatrick takes up the QB spot, heading to the Washington football team, an absolutely critical position that the Washington football team needed to address, you know, getting a quarterback to step in and be their future. Heineke showed some promise in the playoffs, so there's maybe potential that he could take over but it seems like Fitzpatrick is the day one starter and maybe kind of eliminates the need for quarterback in the first round, especially with the appearance that Mac Jones probably won't be around in their area. At running back, Kenyon Drake, showing a depleted running back market, really, in terms of how much teams are willing to pay, $11 million over two years to Kendrick Drake to really take on a split backfield role with Josh Jacobs. Obviously, Jacobs is going to get a bulk of the carries, but it seems like this is a nice kind of refresher type of back to keep Jacobs at his peak performance. And then at wide receiver, Corey Davis, 
37 and a half million over three years. A guy that me and Nick talked about a lot leading up to the free agency period, a guy that we both think, you know, there's plenty of upside there. We'll see what happens though. The Jets obviously investing in the wide receiver position with the signing of Corey Davis draft of Denzel Mims last year and still having Jameson Crowder on roster that that wide receiver position is looking much better. Nick, what do you think of these three signings so far? Well, Washington, I think they overpaid for Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, I, maybe this is because I'm a big Trubisky guy, but I think there's a higher upside with Trubisky <laughs> in any situation than signing Fitzpatrick, who's going to be there for one year maybe. Uh, Trubisky gets nothing to be a backup for the Bills. So, again, I know my Giants because they decided to shut out the dough for Mike Lennon, <laughs> and they could have got Trubisky, who at least could have put up a fight or something at some point. Uh, you know, if, you know, Fitzpatrick is going to be there with Washington football team. Uh, I don't know how that's going to, uh, you know, work out. I think he'll be solid. I don't think he's going to be better than Alex Smith. So everybody's saying, oh, this definitely makes the, you know, the Giants a favorite here. I mean, the Washington football team a favorite here, to me, doesn't make sense. Kenyon Drake gets a good deal, uh, you know, with he goes to the Raiders, and he's going to replace Devontae Booker who is now with the Giants, who for some reason gets a two-year deal worth $6 million. Um, I don't know. The Giants are probably better off bringing back Wayne Gallman, I think, if possible. But Gallman, I think he's going to get signed somewhere. He'll be a good player. Corey Davis, good signing for the Jets. They obviously needed somebody. Uh, and we can talk right here because they were in on Juju Smith-Schuster, who was looking to get some interest from the Jets or the Eagles. and There just wasn't you know, enough salary cap space there. So it looks like um, a lot of the guys in the league, other than these big, you know, some of these big timer names are trying to get one to two year deals right now, because uh, next year the cap's going to go up significantly. And then 2023, we could discuss the new television deal, which is now as Amazon prime taking over the Thursday night package, ESPN plus getting the Sunday ticket. Uh, ESPN slash ABC is going to get the Super Bowl a few times now that's a 10 or a hundred billion uh like there was a 10 billion dollar contract or something so a lot of dough there and uh a 2023 the cap i think is going to rise by 20 or 30 million dollars a year so some of these guys are saying well if i'm in my prime here maybe i'll take that one year deal better myself that i can hopefully max out you know the bank account moving forward here but uh you know Kenyon drake good signing for the raiders i think he's uh you know, certainly a upgrade over Booker as far as a backup is concerned. Uh, Corey Davis, the Jets needed some sort of receiver. They didn't have anybody. Um, Fitzpatrick, I think, is a, a bit of a downgrade, though, over Alex Smith, who Washington released. Absolutely. And moving on to the tight end and offensive tackle position, both have Patriot ties. You know, John U. Smith now joining the Patriots on a $50 million deal over four years. And then Joe Tooney leaving the Patriots for the Kansas State Chiefs in what is one of the wackiest contracts we've seen. Definitely a huge deal. $16 million per year, $80 million over five years for the entire contract. But the wacky part is that first-year cap hit is $4.5 million. The Chiefs are bending over backwards to make sure that they can just stack up this roster. You know, they cut both tackles. A lot of people are saying – you know, this offensive line is going to be horrendous. Then they go out and get a stud in Joe Thune. You know, 
They made a huge push for Trent Williams. There seems to be some, you know, it's it's great cap work in Kansas City, but there seems to be a lot of uh, big cap work movements going on right now to try to make room for additional talent that Kansas City obviously is no stranger to. What do you think of these signings, Nick? Well, I'll start with, with Smith. I, I think his signing looks even better just because of the fact they got Hunter Henry. So now, you know, the Patriots, they have question marks at wide receiver, but uh, they can still run the ball. Obviously, they have a, a quarterback who also can run the ball, so play action and whatnot. Uh, but now you have those two tight ends out there who both can block very well and both can catch very well. So, you know, that's just Belichick thinking ahead here. Uh, it's going to be very tough for the opponents to know what they're thinking offensively because Smith and Henry are going to be on the field probably almost every snap anyway, depending on – even if it's, a, if it's a run or pass situation, they're both going to be out there. Um, as for, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs here, yeah, they, they want to win now because <laughs> – they have, you know, this crazy contract with Mahomes. Uh, they're going to have to pay Hill. They're not paying Hill right now. Kelsey is, is still manageable, um, his contract. So they want to just try to get as many wins as they can now. So, you know, loading up on the signing bonuses, manipulating the cap. Uh, we saw how bad the offensive line looked in the Super Bowl. So uh, obviously some injuries, but big improvement here with this signing. Absolutely, and that's a big part of Joe Thune's appeal is the durability, one of the most consistent guys to line up on Sunday, and that's, you know, the saying is the best ability is availability, and that's going right. to be huge for the Chiefs if he can stay healthy. Now we move to the other side of the ball, the defensive side of things. Trey Hendrickson is the top defensive lineman. Both him and Carl Lawson were the big defensive ends for this class. Carl Lawson the former Bengal went to the Jets for the same amount per year, four million or four years, sixty million for Trey Hendrickson, forty-five million over three years for Carl Lawson to sign with the Jets. The Bengals really get a player coming off of a great season, young, twenty-seven years old. The Saints probably would have loved to keep him, but weren't able to retain him. And then at the edge position, Bud Dupree signs with the ten- with the Tennessee Titans. 82 million over five years, a huge deal. Nick, I want to talk to you because I know you're a huge JJ Watt fan. What yeah. do you think when you, you know, see these contracts for more per year than JJ Watt got? Do you think it's overpay or do you think it's just trying to, you know, work with the TV deal and trying to take advantage of younger guys that are poised to break out? Yeah, I think it's all about knowing the fact here that you got that big TV deal kicking in. So, you know, if if for some reason your your player is going to end up playing four or five years under their contract, then you know you could pay them at the end. But of course, these guys can be cut at any time. Uh, look at Van Noy; he was cut after one year at signing a big deal. Uh, so you know they're either saying like, "Hey, let's let's you know you know give we can this year or next year," um, and then if they're playing well and they're getting all of that big-time money in the back end, we can afford it because of the cap. If not, we'll cut them and not pay them. And looking at the linebacker position, Kyle Van Noy, $12 million over two years. Not the biggest linebacker market out there for teams that are in need of the position. Kyle Van Noy back to the Patriots in what they hope will be a huge leader for this unit. At cornerback, William Jackson leaves 
the Cincinnati Bengals for the Washington football team, 40 and a half million over three years for Jackson, a young but talented outside corner. And then at safety, John Johnson told his agent that he wanted to take maybe a little bit less money in order to sign with the Cleveland Browns, gets $33.75 million over three years. Nick, first off, is it crazy hearing someone wants to take less money to sign with the Browns? And next, what do you think about these signings? Well, maybe two years ago it been crazy, but look what, the, look what the Browns did here. We also know, like, you know, what other teams they were interested in. You know, it could have been a scenario where it was like, um, you know, maybe the Jets wanted to pay him more or something like that, and that team is horrible. So he's like, oh, I'll take a little less because I want to win. So it's refreshing you know, to see somebody take less money to try to win, uh, which is which should be a good thing. And, uh, you know, Jackson is a, is a good signing for Washington football team whose secondary is the weak spot of their defense. Uh, Landon Collins got that big contract a few years ago. He's been an absolute disaster. Uh, so any talent that can get there in the secondary will be a big help for them. Absolutely. And, you know, as many talented options that have been signed, there's still plenty of talented options that are sitting on the market. So looking at the best faces without a place at QB, next guy, Alex Smith, you know, looking at some of the options, I think one of the best landing spots in my mind would be a place like Denver. You know, Vic Fangio kind of has his back against the wall, despite probably not deserving it. <clears throat> so bringing in a guy like Alex Smith, if Drew Locke stumbles out the gates, would be an absolutely great pickup and really allows you to potentially start winning games if things aren't going to plan with your young QB that you're hoping kind of makes that stride in year three. Well, I was going to say that, and I said this last week before everything came out, I think Houston Texans should be trying to get Alex Smith here. Uh, because especially now with this situation where, uh, you know, Watson, uh, he is has 12 women, uh, five had a potential additional women, so maybe 20-something women, uh, filing a, a case against him in a civil lawsuit for some messed up things as a, in a massage parlor or something. So we won't get into that too much here. Um, but, you know, Texans are in trouble now. Uh, different event, all things together. Uh, but, you know, as during this show, the Bengals may, uh, you know, make a big move to Texans and they trade Ryan Finley, the quarterback, to the Texans. So as of now, you can maybe say Ryan Finley is going to be the starting quarterback for the Texans and, They'll be in pink mode, but if you're any other team in the NFL and you wanted Watson, I don't know how you could possibly trade for him under the circumstances right now with all these allegations coming out. You got to sit back and wait until things clear out, and it's very possible Watson might be suspended uh, coming coming this fall. And man, what a mess right now for the Texans. Absolutely, and you know, obviously, we hope none of this is true because that is just best for everyone involved, but just a uh, shaky situation. The Texans, though, in terms of football, do have Tyrod Taylor, so I think they've kind of gotten their security blanket if things do go bad uh, in terms of just potentially trading Tyrod Taylor or, I mean, Deshaun Watson or just other issues. Um, well, moving on to the running back position, Chris Carson, the Seahawks running back, 
is a guy that really has contributed at a high rate when healthy. But that's the big question mark on him is durability and health. A guy like Chris Carson probably can't hold down his own backfield despite the talent being there. It's just you don't want to wear him down. So what are some potential landing spots that you see in the NFL that you think Chris Carson could fit into very well? And, you know, maybe the money works out, maybe it doesn't. But just where do you think Chris Carson could end up? Yeah, I think maybe maybe look at the Broncos who are letting Phelp Lindsay go. Uh, and I think you could maybe factor in the the Jaguars. They have a lot of cap space. We know maybe they want to get a veteran at the running back spot. But I think the Jets would be a great fit as well. Uh, you know, we, you saw Robert Sala go up against this guy twice a year defensively for many years. So I know what he's all about. They have, you know, a lot of cap space as well so far. You know, they've struck out a lot of their targets. Uh, and they do need a running back. So you bring Carson in, he could potentially start. Uh, Carson's, to me, at this point in his career, is probably more a running back too, but couple him with, with a rookie, uh, and you know things could, things could work out for your team. Yeah, and I think the ideal signing in my mind would be getting him – on a you know Joe Thune type contract where you make it a cheap hit year one, but getting him in Buffalo, I think would be definitely enjoyable to watch. They have some guys in their backfield with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, but Chris Carson would be above and beyond the best running back in that room, and I think he would be an absolute huge addition for an already impressive offense. So that would be something I would look out for. The next guy is someone that we've talked about already, Kenny Galladay seems to be having a, you know, issue in terms of just getting the money and the money's not there in terms of team salary cap. So the question now is where does he end up? What deal does he take? The rumors, like we said, have been pointing towards Cincinnati and the New York Giants, but rumors are rumors until anything real happens. So we'll see what happens. Nick, in terms of just skill set, opportunity, need, where do you like Kenny Galladay landing and – you know, do you expect the Giants, your team, to really pull through and, and get them, or do you think they'll miss out on them? Yeah, I don't. I, maybe the Lions should sign them. <laughs> the Lions have no skill players uh, for Dan Campbell and Jared Goff. But yeah, I, I think Galladay's going to end up getting a one year deal here, just like Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, and if that's the case, I think he's going to end up signing with an un named contender at this point someone who has a very good wide receiver one and bring can bring him in uh if he's all about the money then he's going to go to the Bengals. but i don't think he's getting more i don't think he's going to get more than a three-year deal at this point just because of the way the market is uh and i think you know with the giants my feeling is if they really wanted him they would have had him by now so i think they're going to just play this little negotiating game here we know he was visiting uh, the facility. Uh, but obviously it seems like he doesn't want to go to the Bengals. Um, but as of now, we know they are the only team who has the offer out there. So we'll see what he ends up doing. I, I think Galladay is probably going to be about the money, but we'll see if he follows like Juju Smith-Schuster in the sense that he's going to say, what? I was expecting to get all this money, but it's just not there. So maybe I'll just go play one year with an awesome quarterback uh, and then take my risk on free agency the following year, and especially coming off the injury. I just don't think the money of the years are going to be there for him. 
Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you that there's there's question marks surrounding where he's going to land, how long the deal he is going to get will be. I think an interesting possible landing spot, like you said, the unnamed contender would be Kansas State. That we've seen them create that money for a team like Trent Williams or for a player like Trent Williams, sorry. Uh potentially they would bring in a guy like Kenny Galladay and you just have to think this team is unstoppable with Nicole mm-hmm. Hardman, Tyree Kill, Kenny Galladay. It just makes a passing offense that would be near impossible to stop. But moving on to the tight end spot, Dan Arnold, the tight end out of Arizona, put together a pretty good statistical year, showed some nice chemistry with Kyler Murray. This is a guy that a lot of people expected to be back in Arizona. They've made some moves, though, that has really restrained how much cap they're able to spend. Do you see Dan Arnold finding a way back into Arizona, or do you think we could see him finding some new places like the other guys on the list? I think the Cardinals really should be trying to get Dan Arnold back because, you know, they need, they need that tight end there. Uh, and he's, he's been solid, and he's been, a you know, a good, a good Cardinal. Uh, but, you know, it just seems like there isn't much of a tight end market this season, this year. Uh, and the two tight end, top tight ends both got signed by the same team in the Patriots. So it's it's tough market out there right now for a tight end. You don't really you don't really think of too many teams who are like, oh, we're a tight end away from from contention here. Yeah, and I'm not sure that Dan Arnold is a guy that's going to be sought out by a lot of teams that are probably limited for cap as it is. So I would expect Arizona to probably be the team that's highest on them at least at this point. But we'll see what happens, really. If he gets like a $6 million deal, I don't think I'd be saying it's a bad one. And I think that very well could happen from another team. So, really, it's a weird market, weird offseason, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, before, and, you, before you leave the skills yeah, positions here, because, uh, you know, just, you're talking about Gala, the, the Chiefs, perhaps. What do you see Sammy Watkins ended up? And at this point in his career, do you think he's more like a, a third target on a team? I think the upside is there for him to break out, but you know, even in a place like Kansas City, he he had his games where he looked phenomenal and looked like a wide receiver one, and then had his times where he just went quiet. So I think he is a solid wide receiver too, but it's really kind of a Marvin Jones type situation where the inconsistency is going to be an issue, really. And uh, in terms of landing spot, I'd really like to see him in Tennessee, kind of be that second wide receiver. Uh, next to A.J. Brown, I think losing Corey Davis, you need a second weapon there. And I think in terms of just ability to contend, ability to extend the field, and just finding a nice passing offense, I think that'd be a great landing spot for him. I'd like to see him back in Buffalo, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> now we look at the offensive line, and we talk about wacky offseason, and this is one of the weirdest guys that should – really got cut on not too bad of a deal. Mitchell Schwartz, a very talented tackle, got hurt. Big question marks about durability, age, you know, had a back injury. So the question of can he recover and come back from it, they're all there and they're all valid. But this is a all-pro right tackle from his past and his career. If he can be back to that, he would very well be one of the best tackles in the league. Nick, what do you think of Mitchell Schwartz? Do you think the Chiefs are going to regret cutting him, or do you think Lucas Niang or Mike Remmers potentially at right tackle is going to get the job done well enough? 
Listen, they're definitely going to regret cutting him. Now, they'll regret him even more if he ends up with an AFC contender here. Any way your Patriots could work the cap here to, to get him to replace Joe Thune? I mean, wouldn't that be a nice nice, nice replacement there? Yeah, we, we got the offensive line set in stone now, though, it seems like. with uh, It's, it's Win on Winu, Andrews, Mason, and Brown. So, re- really would be tough to see him getting in there. I mean, he would obviously be talented enough to get in there. It's just I, I don't think they're going to spend the money for it. But the I Giants, would like to see the Giants should be going after him, but they're not. So be interesting. He'd, he'd be a good fit there. I would like to see uh, Chicago potentially make a way for him to get in there. Obviously, big disappointment from the fan base right now with the Andy Dalton signing after rumors of guys like Deshaun Watson, guys like Russell Wilson. Right. But, they, they went after Wilson. I mean, what do you want? What, yeah. do you want, what more do you want them to do? The Seahawks said we're not trading Wilson. So they decided we're done with Trubisky here. They, they signed Andy Dalton. And you know what? They're still going to be – they're in the same spot they were last year. They're not going to be any worse. They're still going to be the, have a chance to get that last playoff spot. Uh, I don't mind the Dolphins signing. I, you know, he played well enough with the Cowboys. Um, you know, I think they got to get a backup as well in there. Uh, oh, Nick Foles, they got to – I think he's going to end up back with the Eagles. Um, but it, it just it, – you can't be like overly, you know, mad at your franchise when they tried to get Russell Wilson. What what do you want to do from that? They're not they're not in the top of the draft. They're not going to be able to draft you know this rookie quarterback. So they're in a position where they just made the playoffs. So they really have limited options. It was either bring back Trubisky or go ahead and sign somebody. Do you think that that is an option on the table? That the because the big thing is Pace and Nagy are probably in their last year unless something big happens. Do you think they possibly try to trade for? A young QB like the Wilson, Lance, or Fields, whoever falls far enough for them to be able to trade up to, do you think that's in the cards for the Bears to really try to keep their jobs safe, especially Pace and Nagy, where they have the Trubisky blemish on their record? Sure, but like, what are they going to? They got to do a lot to trade up to number two or four or five because or three because these. I think we're having like four quarterbacks going to the top six or seven. So it's a lot. To, it's a lot to move up there. Absolutely, and the price tag is going to be steep. Whether or not they do it, I guess we'll have to wait till draft day to really just find out. But now we look at the defensive side of things. On defensive line, Jarrell Casey, a phenomenal defensive lineman out of Tennessee, ended up getting traded to Denver for a seventh round pick, which was shocking at the time. Then he only had about 100 snaps with the Broncos before getting hurt, and now he is on the market after being cut. Jarrell Casey, I think it was just a cap casualty type situation because the Broncos were able to make productive play out of so many of their defensive linemen. Now, though, Casey on the market, a very talented defensive lineman that could potentially be a great starter for teams out there. Nick, what do you think of Casey's talent, and do you expect the market to kind of heat up now that we're in this uh, second wave, sort of, of talent on the free agency market? I think we'll see him sticking in the AFC West. Uh, I think the Chargers being a nice fit. Uh, and you know what? I think the Raiders might pursue him as well. And, of course, you can never rot the Chiefs because they'll just <laughs> gobble anybody up. But 
Uh, I'm not sure if the market's going to really heat up that much for any any of these guys. Uh, I think the market is kind of come and gone. It's a weird off season because of the cap being reduced. So uh, a lot of people are going to have to swallow their pride here and take these one year deals and play for you know a lot less than they, they thought they were going to be. Another defensive lineman on the market is Daquan Jones, his teammate in Tennessee just last year. Very valuable nose tackle. Someone that I would really love on the Patriots if they're able to make it work, but I'm sure a lot of people would love to have him on the team. We'll see what he gets on the market. The price tag can get steep, and that nose tackle position is one that a lot of teams don't seem to value paying as well as others. At the edge spot, Melvin Ingram, one of the top edge rushers in the game, sort of has went on the decline in terms of production, went on the decline in terms of performance, but still there's some stuff left in the tank. Nick, one of the spots that we've talked about this offseason is the Indianapolis Colts seem to be, you know, just in need of edge. And, you know, we talked about Ryan Kerrigan, Trey Hendrickson. Hendrickson signed, Kerrigan's still on the market. Could you see a guy like Ingram falling into Indianapolis and finding some success? Well, I certainly think if he was there, the success would come. Now, it's a matter of, you know where where are the where, where are the Colts headspace at here? Uh, you know you know you saw them yesterday. They introduced Carson Wentz. Uh, they wouldn't let any Philadelphia media ask any questions. Uh, you know the defense was pretty solid last year. I'm not really sure you know where their cap space is, but other than getting Wentz, they've had a very quiet off season. So you'd expect them here to in the secondary tier of the market to you know, start making a bit of an impact if they can. And uh, we just had a signing happen. Adam Schefter just tweeted, Desmond Trufant signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears. Should be an interesting signing, and I think that is going to be the replacement of Kyle Fuller, who you see on this graphic. We'll be talking about him soon. Let's talk about the linebacker spot first, though. K.J. Wright, linebacker for the Seahawks. Nick, this is one of the big question marks of the offseason because K.J. Wright's a phenomenal linebacker, but – from everything he said, it sounds like he either wants to be a Seahawk or he wants to retire. Sometimes we've seen situations like Thomas Davis where maybe they seemed like they were going to retire, changed their mind, and then went and played two more years for different squads. Do you think K.J. Wright could be dressing up in a new uniform next offseason, or do you think it's Seahawks, or do you think it's retirement? I think we could see him with the Washington football team go from Washington State to Washington, D.C., I think they are targeting him. It's the only team I've heard of that has been pursuing him outside of the Seahawks. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But I don't. I mean, he's thirty-one, so his lifespan in the NFL is probably another two years anyway. Um, so I, I think he'll I think he'll play next year. Definitely a talented option for all teams in search of linebacker help. And we talked about it a little bit, but now let's dive in. Kyle Fuller at the cornerback spot, definitely more of a situation of this limited offseason rather than a lack of talent. Absolute stud. I'm sure Washington probably a little regret signing uh, William Jackson because Kyle Fuller, Kendall Fuller in the same secondary would have been sick, and I'm sure it would have been around the same money, so it would have been a great signing. But now Kyle Fuller hits the market in where a lot of the money has now been spent, a lot of question marks about where people can really spend in terms of though just need and positional value 
do you think Kyle Fuller, where do you think he's going to land? Well, it's funny because uh, Kyle Fuller along Akeem Hicks were part of the Bears' uh, offer trade for Russell Wilson. So what does it tell you when they're trying to trade somebody and then they just release it? Uh, I think two teams that we could potentially see targeting Fuller here, um, I would think the, I think the Cowboys and the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, they got the space there. Uh, you know, don't forget Vic Fangio came from Chicago. So uh, if I didn't say it right now, I would say uh, Fuller is, is going to be a Bronco. Yeah, and I think that'd be an absolutely great signing. Another guy, Adore Jackson, who was a surprise cut for the Tennessee Titans, is also on the market. So if you are a team looking for a cornerback, there are still plenty of options out there. And at the safety position, we have Anthony Harris, but I just want to give a quick shout out to guys like Kareem Jackson, who are still very phenomenal options at that safety spot. But Anthony Harris, the Minnesota Viking that seemed to kind of come out of nowhere and become the superstar tag teamed with Harrison Smith. What do you think of Anthony Harris's market? Do you think he ends up on a new team or do you think he comes back to the Vikings? I think the Vikings would be crazy to get rid of him, but I, I, I think I think the the Raiders might be an option here for Anthony Harris. Uh, Raiders defense pretty solid last year. Uh, they're they're going to be the mix for the playoffs. I think Harris would just put them over the top there, uh, and they could use the safety in that division when you're going up against Herbert and Patrick Mahomes four times a year. Yeah, absolutely. The Raiders would love to have Anthony Harris in their secondary. Plenty of other landing spots that could work out as well. One talked about is the Washington football team still could be in the market and they definitely need some free safety help. You know, with all the availability on the market, there's still money out there. A team like the Indianapolis Colts, a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's money to be spent and maybe they're waiting. Maybe they realize that this offseason is going to be a little bit weird in terms of trying to spend the money. So if they wait, they can get a lot of great low value solid contributors and that's how you can really build out a great foundation of a team if you're looking at this market right now would you say that you know right now you should be trying to spend money while you can because this new tv deal is going to explode the cap and you want to get these long contracts that maybe are big at the moment but will turn into midline to low contracts or do you think it's something where you should be trying to take advantage of all the other teams not having money to spend and saying, okay, come here for a one-year $4 million deal or one-year maybe $10 million deal, but you're still one of the best of your position. Right. I think it all depends on you know the job security of the GM and the coach. If they are worrying about getting fired after the season, you know, look at Chicago, then they're going to say, hey, you know, nobody's giving you guys long-term deals. We'll give you a five-year deal because they don't even <laughs> care. They might be gone after this year. But if you're in a very secure place, uh, you know, we're not going to talk. Uh, you know, look at Belichick. He's secure. He's going to, he's gone. He's signing whatever he wants. Um, but, you know, the, the Chiefs, they're going to try to manipulate things because they're like, hey, we, can, we're, we can't give you a long-term deal, but, you know, we'll, we'll win now. Um, the Dolphins are in a good spot where, you know, Flores is pretty secure. So, you know, they're able to – they're probably going to say, we're not going to give you like a five-year deal, but we'll be comfortable doing like a two- or three-year deal here because we don't want to mess things up long-term, but we do want to try to win now. So it all, it all depends on where, where your job security is. 
I think I agree with you fully. And, you know, obviously the draft and mock drafts are never going to be 100%. Even even myself, I'm willing to admit that I'm going to have some errors. Even in that final seven-round mock, there might be, you know, just one or two missed picks. But the needs change day-to-day with this free agency cycle in full force. What is a position that you think kind of shocked you in terms of you thought maybe a team was going to look at a position in the draft and then they filled the need in free agency and now it's not really a need anymore. Could it be a team, you know, maybe like the Patriots or Jets with wide receiver or tight end or maybe another team out there at a different spot? Yeah, you, know, you mentioned the Patriots and we started with them, so my on with them. You know, I thought their need was still going to be a wide receiver uh, and a quarterback. They, they signed Newton, so I, I mean, I don't think they're going to spend a first-round pick on a, on a quarterback here. And, you know, by signing two tight ends, and you still have Edelman, and, of course, you have, uh, you know, your draft picks from last year um, and the year before – you probably don't have to go and worry about getting a, a wide receiver here. I figured they're gonna they're gonna try this tight end scheme there. So with the Patriots, definitely they'll be going for a wide receiver um, and a quarterback. But now it looks like they're gonna pivot away from that. The defense is pretty stacked as well. So uh, already, so I'm I'm curious to see where they end up going in the draft, especially you know the first three rounds. I think in that first round, I think quarterback is very much on the table now. You know, you look at. All the positions they've addressed, I think the biggest things that Bill will look at as possible needs in terms of just the the Bill ideology would be quarterback, cornerback, which I think may be a bit of a surprise because when you have Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson, you're obviously doing well. But I think Gilmore really has maybe one year tops left at the Patriots, maybe two, but they could look for an option, maybe a J.C. Horn, maybe a Patrick Sertan the second. Maybe someone in the second round, like an Eric Stokes, Greg Newsom, Tyson Campbell, that could potentially become that next corner to step in and be a starter that has been crucial to the Patriots' success on defense. And then at QB, I think trading up in that first round is definitely a possibility with the way they filled out the roster, maybe well, less need uh, from, from the draft picks. What would you think about trading up but using Stefan Gilmore to trade up. We heard rumors last year that Gilmore is going to be traded. So you'd have to think, okay, is there a team that is kind of in like a win now scenario that, you know, so to me, uh, it'd be tough still, but, you know, let's say they really loved Fields or Wilson. Well, you know, shouldn't they, shouldn't Belichick call his buddy Flores and say, Hey, we'll, we'll start a package here with Stefan Gilmore. And from the Dolphins' perspective, maybe they're like, you know, that's good for us to start with because we think we're that one player away. Um, and then, of course, first-round picks. So that might be a scenario that maybe the, the, the Patriots could think about, you know, trading up but using their biggest chip of the draft picks in Gilmore, who, who like you said, probably isn't going to be, you know, re-signed with the Patriots once this contract expires as, as the main trade piece. Yeah, and – I'm not sure if Miami necessarily needs him, but I do think that he could add value. I wouldn't love it just because I love Gilmore. I'm a huge Stephon Gilmore fan, but getting a QB is kind of the most crucial piece of the puzzle for the NFL these days. I understand that you can win with a game manager. It's happened plenty of times. There's teams that maybe don't have a game manager, but just have someone that can do the job 
and they're able to get deep. But, man, if you can get a superstar QB, it takes off so much pressure. So getting a guy like a Justin Fields, like a Trey Lance, by trading up I think would be absolutely huge for the Patriots, especially with all that they've added through this offseason so far already. And I think there's still some more moves in store. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We're getting getting late, we're getting late in the off season here. You know, just begun Wednesday officially the league season, uh, and I'm still wondering what's going to happen with Brissett and Garoppolo. Looks like Four Niners are definitely going to have Garoppolo back here unless we see something crazy on draft night. But Brissett still- signed a uh, one year deal with Miami to back up Tua. So, wow, I'm surprised! I'm surprised that the Patriots weren't interested, or maybe they were. Yeah. But but Brissett said, "Well, with two his injury history, maybe I had a better chance to play here." Yeah, it sounds like I don't know. I, it sounds like the Patriots wanted to have Cam Newton as their starter day one. Who's uh, the backup right now? Hoyer. Uh, yeah, Hoyer Stidham. Oh. I think Hoyer might be a free agent, but Stidham's there right oh, now. Hoyer will be back. I mean, the, yeah, the Hoyer will find his way back somehow. Stidham's still there. Definitely, definitely a position that I think will be addressed in the draft, whether they go for someone in the first round or whether they potentially take someone like a Kellen Mond or Davis Mills or maybe even a Kyle Trask in the mid rounds. We'll see what Bill does at the quarterback position. Definitely going to be intriguing to watch if you are an NFL fan in full, I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think, you know, in 2022, we could potentially see the Patriots, the Giants, the Dolphins, Texans, and maybe the Seahawks looking for quarterbacks. Absolutely. It's going to be an interesting class as well. Not as highly touted as this year's class so far. Things can change, but you know, if you're if you're looking for a QB, this is the year to do it. There's four guys that are probably hypothetically, if one of these four guys were put into this next year's class they would start off as the consensus first pick of the draft. That is how good this QB class looks right now. So, so what, did you, if, what did you think about Chris Sims saying that he has Zach Wilson as his QB one in this draft? I understand the take. You know, Wilson has some impressive moments, but for me, he's my QB four. Uh, QB four? You know, what are you, yeah, crazy? Um, for me, you love Justin Trevor, Fields so much. Yeah, Lance. I, for me, it's Trevor Lance, Justin Fields, or no, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lance. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and then Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson could be a, a solid starting QB in the NFL, but I think he offers the lowest ceiling of the four. I think, you know, you look at how much development may be needed, and I understand pro readiness. I think Justin Fields probably has the biggest question mark just making that transition to an NFL defense, working through on some of his mechanical flaws. But there's just so much talent there that I, I wouldn't be able to pass it up if I were a GM. Uh, I think um, I think Wilson is going number number two. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think I think so he's going number two, just I personally. Think, I think the Jets, though, should trade the number two pick to the Falcons – and then they could draft Justin Fields with the number with the Falcons pick because we know the Falcons seem to really really want Fields. I uh, really really want Wilson. And I think the Jets look at their bad their bad free agency performance so far, and they're just so far away from being a competitive team. They got to get as many draft picks as they can. And you know, if you if you're okay with Fields, you might as well jump down a few spots in the draft and go ahead and, and take Fields and get an extra pick. 
Honestly, I, I think the Falcons are out on the QB market now. It sounds yeah. like with the restructure on Matt Ryan, I think that he is their long-term option. And I know, obviously, the question of how long he'll last in the league is there. The question of can the Falcons compete while he is still a great QB is there. But I think the way that they have now restructured his contract to try to make it work this offseason, I think he's on the books next year. So, I mean, not just next year, but that next offseason. So I think they're going to stay in that Matt Ryan era and probably not move for a QB this year. So who do you, who are your who are your teams definitely in a QB? Jaguars, Jets. Yeah, Jaguars Panthers. and Jets I think are locked in. Panthers if a QB gets to them I think is definitely in play. You know, there's Lions. even talks there's talks that the Lions are very much still in uh you know, Jared Goff is a fine QB but I think if if someone's saying, you know, oh I think the Lions are not sold on Jared Goff, are you going to tell them that they're wrong? I don't think so. You know, and then there's also teams that could potentially trade up looking at San Francisco, who probably only has a year of Jimmy left. And then they have to decide if they want to pay him again or if they want a rookie QB to kind of keep the rest of the roster intact. And then teams like the Patriots, teams like the Vikings that, you know, have a QB in place. Exactly. There's definitely teams out there that probably have a QB that they can survive with. But the question is, are they long term set? And having a rookie QB that succeeds is huge for roster building. You know, a team like the 49ers that have one of the best rosters in football, a team like the Patriots that now have put up, put together one of the better rosters right now outside of the QB spot. You know, these are the teams that need to consider trading up because if you can get a long-term option for a low value, that's huge. And just some late news here to end the show. According to Adam Schefter, Adore Jackson will be meeting with the Giants and the Eagles on Monday and Tuesday. Could be very interesting fits. Definitely depends on the price tag, but I, I, I love Adore Jackson. I think he's a, a great corner, and I, I'm surprised that the Titans even cut him. Well, that's all we have for you today on Destination Draft Day. We'll let you get back to March Madness, all the college hoops that are going on. Oral Roberts versus Ohio State is one that seems to be very close right now. Nick, the real before March we go, is NFL free agency. <laughs> Nick, before we go, do you have a team that you're kind of picking as your number one to win it? You know, outside of Rutgers, I want you to put the bias aside for, for hey, I, hometown I to, teams. I went to St. John's University. Yeah. Well, I had a tournament. Um, I worked for Rutgers football. Um, yeah, of course, Rutgers going to the Sweet 16, but. Georgetown's going to make a little run, um, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say between Gonzaga or Baylor, one one of them get it done. How about you? You know, I like Gonzaga a lot, but after doing a little research, I think I might go with Texas. Andrew Jones has a phenomenal right. story. The momentum's there. Shaka Smart's a phenomenal coach. It if I were a betting man, I, I definitely stick with Gonzaga. Play it safe, but you know, since there's no no risk to calling it and being bold about this prediction. We're going with the Texas Longhorns to take it home. That's all we got for you on Destination Draft Day. Yeah. That's all we got for you on Destination Draft Day. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Take care, guys. Let's go Rockers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.